And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio, on location at Phantom Creek Estates. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, from Prince Rupert to Nelson and all other 18 cities across the province listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We're on location today at Phantom Creek Estates, and uh, I'm really excited to introduce Mark Berenger. He's the Director of Winemaking here at Phantom Creek Estates, uh, a sort of a newcomer to BC. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for hosting us. Oh, it's great to have you here. Everybody wants to know, how did you end up in BC? Uh, obviously, with a name like Mark Berenger and a history in California, now you're here. What Can you give us a short story on that? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, uh, my, my last name is associated with a major brand down there in Napa Valley, and uh, I'm certainly part of that family. Um, it, you know, I, I did 37 vintages in Napa and Sonoma, and <laughs> you know, it was too easy. It was, know, too easy. it was too easy. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was looking for something different. Uh, you know, my wife and I were at a point in our lives where we felt we could get out of the area and yeah. started looking at where it might be next. And uh, luckily, I had a friend who was up here um, as the director of viticulture that we'll get yeah. in here a little bit later and uh, found out about this opportunity up here. And it just seemed like a great opportunity. I mean, everything is here to make fabulous wines. And I uh, just wanted to be a part of it. And you start, you thought you start with 2021 just for fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, my first uh, vintages had winemaker back in Napa at Duckhorn Vineyards was also 1998. So I like to start <laughs> off rough. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. Uh, I, I guess that's, you know, part of what I'd, I'd like to talk about. So you, you've seen the place. A lot of people wonder what all the talk is about BC. What would you tell them now, even, even in this short amount of time? Well, I think, you know, anytime I go back to Napa or I talk to my friends, they still think we just make ice wine up here. Yeah. And uh, it's really just trying to educate them on what this climate is and mm-hmm. the soils and everything else that relates much closer to eastern Washington than anything that they're used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, that we do get great heat days and we can get ripening. Um, yeah, we got some cold winters as well, but it's a desert climate. So we're mm. we're able to do these big red varieties as well as some really cool interesting white varieties as we push out into the cooler areas so yeah. it's got a lot of versatility i think it's so great because that you're here because of course phantom creek is sitting on a, really a historical piece of dirt which was only planted in the early 90s when you know most people thought that uh, you know, harry mcwaters was crazy to plant you know cabernet sauvignon and try and ripen it you know a lot about Cabernet Sauvignon. So what do you think about it? used to be the short season was a problem, the viticulture was a problem, then it warmed up a bit. So how, how do you see that at the moment? Yeah, I think one of the keys to Cabernet Sauvignon is, yeah, it will work here. It's not going to work everywhere. Yeah. Um, and that's not so different from Napa. It doesn't work everywhere there either. Um, there's certainly plenty of soils that are not adaptable. Um, but when you put it in the right place with the right amount of drainage, the correct exposure to the sun where you can maximize those long days, mm-hmm. you can get ripening into it. It's also a lot of you know practices in the field. It's canopy management. It's getting that exposure on the fruit at the right time, not too mm. soon to shrivel things up, but yeah. also get enough of it that you're going to bake out that green stuff. Mm. Uh, well, you're here now. What what are your aspirations? I mean, you, you you're here. There's a lot to be done. It's it's all pretty new. What what are you thinking about? I, I know that you're already changing a few things, or shall we say, tweaking. What what have you seen, and what are you what are you excited about? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously going to come in and be some evolutionary steps, right? Um, you don't yeah. come in and just throw everything out and start over. Um, obviously, there's been some success, some success here. I mean, the the wines are really great, mm-hmm. um, but we want to continue to evolve them and push the limits of them. And it's really about learning about what works and what doesn't work. And uh, that takes a lot of research and development. It takes a little bit of practicing. Mm-hmm. You got to make some mistakes. You got to break a few eggs, right? Yeah. And uh, that's part of what we're doing now is uh, throwing kind of everything out there, trying different techniques, different extraction methods, um, in order to see what's the right balance, mm-hmm. and also getting the right varietal mix out here in the field. Yeah, a lot of things were planted. We're going through a lot of replanting now as well, mm-hmm. and it's really about finding out which varieties are going to work best for us on our site, but also for this area. I mean, what is going to be the yeah, the variety exactly. that, that really identifies the Okanagan in the future. Like, yeah, sure, Cabernet is Napa, but it didn't start that way. No. It took a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. 
Our, our guest is Mark Berenger. He's the director of winemaking at uh, Phantom Creek Estates. Is it, I don't know, is it good to be out of the glare of Napa, or do you feel like there's a glare here as well? Or uh, it's, It seems a little more relaxed to me when I travel to those different regions. Yeah, it's definitely a little more relaxed up here, and that's, mm-hmm. that's nice to have a little bit of a change of pace from uh, what goes on in Napa and especially in Northern California in general. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean people haven't paid attention to me being up here. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, my presence up here has brought a little bit of a – uh, attention to the area and what's going on up here. Um, my, you know, social media is certainly getting a bit of attention. When I post pictures, like, oh my God, where are you? That's fantastic. You can do that there. You know, yeah. those kind of things come yeah. up. So, and I think that's great for what we want to do up here. We really need to get people to acknowledge that we're here and yeah. understand what we're doing because the wines are great. The potential is here. It's really a matter of exposure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm happy. A lot of young people finally coming. We were talking about how you know you got to have a certain amount of momentum to get get young people coming out of school to come here and and get to work. We still need a big school here, I think, to attract people. But uh, a lot of potential here. So, if you're looking forward, say five, seven years down the road, what what where are you going to edge towards? Like, are you going to do more Cabernet? Or are you going to you're growing? I mean, you're working with Olivier Humbrecht. You're making mm-hmm. uh, uh, Humbrecht making Pinot Gris. What, 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 how do you see the lineup? Yeah, I mean, obviously the Alsatian varieties have been a focus of ours, um, especially Pinot de Gris and, and Riesling. Um, mm-hmm. We have a new vineyard to course over in the Similkameen uh, that's going to be focusing on those varieties for us going forward. It's a little bit warm on this side to do mm-hmm. that. And then on this side, we're going to focus in on the big reds. Um, Cabernet is certainly a big piece of that, um, but only in the right places. We've got some nice knolls with good exposure, good drainage that we think we can ripen Cabernet very well on. Hmm. But really going forward, two of the varieties we think are, are real staples to this area and that we really want to focus on to be maybe our premier varieties going forward will be Cabernet Franc and Syrah. Cabernet Franc and Syrah, okay. I won't hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're going to well, do it, though. We're going to put it in the ground, so yeah, seven years we'll be talking about it. Yeah. Uh, okay, we are live at Phantom Creek Estates. We're talking with uh, Mark Berenger. He's going to stick around for the show. Uh, joining us uh, in after these commercials will be Amy Richards. She's the director of farming. So we'll talk about how easy or how difficult it is to grow Cabernet here and maybe a little bit about the knolls and secret places uh, where these wines are going to come from. You're listening to the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismani. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Refreshing, relaxing, romantic. Get away to Therapy Vineyards and stay at their modern, comfortable, and spacious boutique inn. Experience your moment of awe from the balcony of your room while taking in the panoramic views of the vineyards and Okanagan Lake. Capture the essence of the grape growing season while luxuriating at your home base for wine tours. Oh, and did we mention award winning wines? Book your relaxing retreat or perfect couples getaway today at therapyvineyards.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you can take your time to enjoy our beautiful weather and perfect patio season. Visit almost 100 area wineries, cideries and distilleries, eight craft breweries and world-class locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for information on wine tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summer Hills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summer Hill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summer Hill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. From the Save on Foods Wine Zoo British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location at Phantom Creek Estates, here's Anthony Gismondi. You know 
Hello, British Columbia. Welcome back to our On the Road show. We continue at Phantom Creek Estates on the Black Sage Bench. Uh, we are with the director of winemaking, Mark Berenger, and we're joined by Amy Richard. She's the director of farming at Phantom Creek Estates. I love that title. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, farming. What else are you farming? I thought you were just farming grapes. 99% grapes, yeah. 1% kitchen garden for our restaurant. Oh, yeah. And maybe at home. A little bit at home, too. Yeah. What Do you have a favorite uh, that you're going to grow for the restaurant? Something interesting? We're trialing everything at the moment. Last yeah. year was our first year of um, turning up a bit of soil, and honestly, it was just my, my playground for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried growing some corn that the wild horses ate, um, so we, we've learnt what to do, um, wow. what to keep an eye out for. And Those wild horses. <laughs> they just appear when, <laughs> when you don't expect them. Uh, you grew up in Adelaide? I did. Went to school yep. there? Yep, went to the University of Adelaide. Did you think British Columbia was a cold place when you were uh, a youngster? Well, just like Mark mentioned before, you know, when people think about Canadian wine, mm-hmm. automatically people associate it with ice wine and um, yeah. American hybrids. I really didn't know much about the Okanagan at all. Well, um, just in my defense, every time I go to Australia and they tell me they were cool climate, I would just sort of, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I would be standing in 100-degree temperatures and they were telling me it was cool. <laughs> uh, you are in a cool climate now, would you not agree? And does it, how does that change the way that you work? Um, I, I still wouldn't... I, Coming now, coming in here and um, being in the Okanagan for two years, I'm not sure if I classify call it as cool, cool climate. climate. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first summer that we had here in 2020 was honestly the hottest summer I've ever experienced. And I'm born and raised in Adelaide and lived in California for five years, but yeah. the summers here are just so intense. Um, yeah. It's it's such an interesting climate to grow grapes in. The bud burst is a month behind. Napa and, and other places of, of in North America. But, you know, we, we finally go through bud burst in May and well behind everybody else. But mm-hmm. by the time we get to Verizon, we've caught up. Yeah. Because the days are so long. Um, you know, we've got sunlight from 4 a.m. to 9, 9 p.m. And, That's pretty and amazing. And it's so damn hot. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this guy beside you wants to grow Cabernet, the toughest variety to grow <laughs> uh, anywhere. So, so what, what do you think? How, how is it going to work? Well, Mark and I um, met in California when we were both working for Treasury Wine Estates, and yeah. he was the winemaker for Beringer, and I was managing the um, Napa grow, Grower um, portfolio. And so we've got quite a history of selecting and growing Cabernet together, um, which is what makes our partnership up here so exciting. So I think we're going to trying to bring you know my knowledge of growing Cabernet um, in the vineyard, and we've already got that knowledge of I know what Mark, Mark's looking for in terms of uh, canopy microclimate and how we nip, manipulate the vine and, and viticulture to get those really nice ripe plush tannins. Um, as Mark said, we can't grow Cabernet everywhere here. It's even no. down in, in the southern Okanagan, in, in Oliver. You just still need the right site, the right aspect and the right slope. Listen, I know green. I know all 500 shades of it here. So that's why I'm interested in how you're going to get it ripe uh, or get it right. But but is it exposure? Is it soil? I mean, it's probably a combination, but what are some of the things, maybe, Mark, that you would say I, I need or to get this grape done? Yeah, I mean, you need to get that level of ripeness up there by getting exposure into the fruit and mm-hmm. also just giving – you have to have the right season, of course. You know, yeah. Seasonality is going to play into it, really, um, in order to get the ripeness every vintage is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a vintage like 2020, we had great ripeness. 21 was pretty ripe as well, but I know that 19 was a struggle. Yeah. You know, it kind of was an abrupt end of the harvest, and you don't quite get there. And will it be a late October or November harvest every year, or do you think you'll you'll beat that? What I'll try to aim for is uh, mid-October harvest, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, some years we'll be able to hang, those, hang that fruit a little longer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we won't be able to. But, you know, the difference between good and bad viticulture is a week. Yeah. Um, it's all about timing. Yeah. So making sure, you know, it's it's not just leaving it all to not just up to hang time. It's making sure that, um, you know, straight after berry set, we get the canopy open. We have that lovely dappled light and good exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of the precursors to color and tannin and flavor development actually happen right after set. Um, so we get that canopy nice and open. We yeah. make sure we nail the timing of all of our operations and then we let it do its thing. 
You're listening to Amy Richards. She's the director of farming at Phantom Creek Estates. We're with Mark Berenger, who's the director of winemaking. Let's talk about a couple of things. I think we can do them together. Uh, you're not just on the Black Sage bench. You have several uh, places to plant grapes. They're all different. Uh, they give you a nice palate, I think. So let's start with that. How, how many vineyards do you have? And let's talk a bit about the farming, because you came into an organic situation, but you're moving even deeper into uh the mysterious world of biodynamics, I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So we um, we have 192 acres across both wow. the Okanagan and Similkameen. That um, is impressive. All, all farmed, uh, certified, certified organic, mm-hmm. um, and we've been farming biodynamically since 2017. And now we're taking that step into becoming certified biodynamic. Um, we have 130 acres here in the Okanagan, both on the Black Sage Bench uh, and Golden Mile Bench. Mm-hmm. And I love the that, that difference. Um, you know, when we talk about farming, to me, the Black Sage is all about you know that late afternoon sunshine and yeah. sand and concentration and intensity. Um, and then over in the Golden Mile, it's you know shaded in the afternoon and early and morning early gentle morning, sun yeah. yeah and and that gentleness and and um and, and more elegance. rocky and uh, i mean a different soil structure too yeah 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 that um loam and rock and and probably aiming for slightly more you know elegant flavors rather than the the big powerful um, yeah. concentration of the black sage have you been in a place more wild than the similkameen no no, Isn't I, it just fantastic how wild it is? I, the wind and the wildness there, I just I just love it. Well, we've actually been living out on the vineyard, um, my husband and my two boys and I, Oof. for the last six months. And I, and we, Tied down? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, there's no day that I don't gaze out the window at the mountains and just fall in love with it every day. It's just such yeah. a, one of the most beautiful places on earth. Mark, is there a difference in fruit that's organic and biodynamic? Like, you know, we, we go through that process, but you have to make wine from it. What, is it better? Is it the same? Is it different? I think what we're really looking for is a healthier vine. Mm-hmm. And I think if we have good, strong, healthy vines and uh, bring in some fruit that's really sound from those vines, then we get better fermentations. We get better nitrogen levels. So the nutrients are there so we don't have to put them in ourselves. And you just end up with a, a healthier you know, uh, a healthier ferment, and you get wines that are cleaner and more pristine in the end. Mm. Um, it's not easy to get there. Um, it's obviously a lot more work for Amy out in the vineyard, um, trying to challenge pests, but that's why we're making this next step to biodynamics, because that even makes the whole system stronger. It makes it come full circle in terms of a sustainable climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I mean, I have so many questions, but what about Syrah? Did it surprise you? The, the Syrah that's grown here and the wines that can be made from it? Either uh, of you, yeah, sorry. It's exceptional. I yeah. think that the Syrah in the Okanagan is highly underrated. It's Syrah is so perfectly suited to, to the South Okanagan. It loves heat. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, you can't have too much water. You've got to really treat it mean and, um, um, to create really beautiful, intense Syrah, and it's an early ripener. So whereas we might be trying to hang Cabernet right up until the end of October to get those beautiful tannins, the mm-hmm. Syrah is already, you know, you know, done and, um, and in the winery. Um, what surprised me the most was um, hearing Mark from California actually agreeing to that a Syrah is is exceptional it'll do well here and and he's excited about making a um a, from a variety that's that's so um uh that's associated with Australia. <laughs> oh geez, I was going to say Northern Rome, but yeah, all right. <laughs> well, obviously, we both worked for an Australian-based company for the last few years, so yeah. uh, we we had a, a brand associated with our company that sure. uh, we had. Many a debate about. <laughs> you could ship. You can ship some straw over them. Just say hi. How are things going over exactly. there? Exactly. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's pretty exciting to be in it. I mean, it's a new place, so there's a. It's almost like an open canvas, really. Uh, how how do you feel? Like you've got to build a team now. You've got a lot of moving parts. What what are the things that you think will pull it all together at Phantom Creek? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really about getting the process down. I mean, we have this beautiful facility. It's literally got all the toys a winemaker could dream of. It's just getting it all to work in rhythm mm-hmm. and finding that flow. And once we find that, I think everything's going to go great. You know, it's just getting the right barrels with the right characteristics of the wines, getting the right, you know, vineyard sources to, and to get in the right place. Amy's in this huge replant right now and getting mm-hmm. everything in the right spot. 
so that we just give everything the ultimate chance to succeed. I can't wait to hear people say, hey, I saw Mark Barron driving dinner in Penticton last night. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for that, Amy. It was really great to catch up with you. Good luck with the season. Thank you. Anything's got to be better than last year, or at least a little more normal. Be nice. Who eh? knows? Yeah, who knows? (laughs) Well, maybe the tomatoes will be be fun to grow. (laughs) Uh, Amy Richards, she's the director of farming at Fano Creek Estates. Uh, Mark Berenger is the director of winemaking. Mark's sticking around. We're going to be joined by Ian Scremata. He's the estate director. All that coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Summer in the Okanagan. Great food, fine wine, fabulous views. You can have it all at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher Restaurant in West Kelowna. Enjoy the stunning vistas while wine tasting outside on the patio or step inside the Modest Butcher for some delicious new summer dishes from the menu. Online tasting bookings and table reservations are recommended due to limited seating. Just go to mtboucherie and modestbutcher.com. Lively, delicious, and totally alcohol-free. Introducing Piquet Zero from Benjamin Bridge, a creative and unprecedented wine-style beverage. Discover the unique deliciousness of this new sensory experience. Golden sapphire in color with a blonde hue. The nose features zesty suggestions of key lime, blood orange peel, and lemon preserve with a balancing texture of tart cherries. And best of all, Piquet Zero is absolutely alcohol-free. For details, visit softcrush.ca. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries, from Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country down to Oliver Osuyas Wine Country. Before you go, look for community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration at visitsouthokanagan.com. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the East Ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location at Phantom Creek Estates, here's Anthony Gismondi. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head on the sides and I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying get back together, come back and see me. Hello, British Columbia. Welcome back to the show. Uh, from many, from listening across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, we are live at uh, Phantom Creek Estates today. Uh, we're speaking with Mark Berenger, who's the director of winemaking, and Ian Scremata has joined us. He is the director, the estate director of uh, Phantom Creek Estates. I kind of like that title. That's nice. We've been talking about a lot of things. We haven't been talking about selling wine. Sometimes you got to sell some wine, I guess, to make the whole thing work. Important step, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Are you having fun selling wine at Phantom Creek? Yeah, definitely, for sure. Yeah. it's a, In some ways, it's a mysterious winery. A lot of people have been watching it being built for quite a long time and uh, uh, sitting up sort of on the hill here. And I don't know. Are they flooding in now to actually check out the place? Yeah, well, we opened uh, right in the thick of COVID in June mm-hmm. 13th of uh, 2020, so right yeah. in the middle of it, we decided to open. Um, but yeah, the first year we were, in some cases in summer, we were turning away more people than we could fit through the door. Wow. And uh, last year was exceptionally busy as well. Yeah. So and we're forecasting an even bigger year, of course, this year with uh, things coming. It's down. a sensational property. Maybe just quickly you could talk about the visitor experience here, some of the things that are available to people and... and uh, why they should get a reservation, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. I highly <laughs> recommend it. Yeah. Uh, so we're in a experiential winery, of course, so we focus on the experience. So we do uh, seated tastings is kind of the base experience. Yep. We then have uh, tours and tastings, which uh, run daily throughout the summer season. Um, and then on top of that, we have all kinds of things like uh, heli tours. Uh, we even do chartered private air experiences, so you can basically... Uh, charter a jet from anywhere in the world and come here and experience the estate for a while. Mm. 
And, and uh, you have a, a, a spectacular restaurant setting that uh, people have probably haven't even had a chance to get into, but this year will be uh, up and running throughout the season. What, what will be the what's the focus there? Uh, high end dining for sure. You know, we're trying to keep everything uh, similar to what we're trying to do with the wines and the experience and everything else. So it yeah. all has to be in line. So it'll be a you know fine. Dining, uh, two, three course options, you know, heavily focused on pairings with wines. Right. Um, that kind of thing. Let's talk about the wines. Let's start with the Pinot Gris. It's a, a stellar wine. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about Pinot Gris when you just heard that name? Or Well, I haven't had a lot of opportunities to work with it personally, yeah. um, unfortunately, because it's a variety I really enjoy. I think um, when you're a winemaker working in a region like Napa where you're very focused on some monocultured you know, video, yeah. you know, in terms of what you're working with, um, we tend to drink outside of our box. You know, we tend to look towards these wines. We gravitate towards things that are obscure and outside of our normal realm because we want to change it up. And uh, Pinot Gris is always a variety I've really enjoyed. And actually, you know, Olivier's wines are some of my real go-to wines mm-hmm. um, when I was kind of drinking with friends. Right. And so this is a great example of the style that uh, Olivier focuses in on in his wines with Zinnebrecht and Alsace, uh, making the wines in Fudra, you know, being able to put them in large vessel to uh, natural fermentation. It goes naturally through malolactic. It mm-hmm. sits in there for almost a year and a half, if we can tolerate it. Yeah. It sits on the lees. So at some point, you know, you might have to pull it off, but usually we can get through it. Yep. That allows the the yeast that are still there to kind of consume the diacetyl that might come from the secondary fermentations. You end up with no, none of that buttery character, mm. characteristic, but you get a lot of that acid conversion richness. It gives you a lot of mouthfeel and richness. Huge amount of mouthfeel. Uh, he's a bit of a, uh, he does a lot of pressing too, does he not at the end? Or he's it's, uh, it's <laughs> to a the chagrin process. of many people making the wine. <laughs> yeah. Um, the pressing cycles are pretty extreme. I mean, they're very gentle. Yeah. It's simulating uh, what I would consider to be a champagne cycle. Right. So you put it in the press and we pretty much go home. Uh, it takes about 14 to 16 hours to complete a cycle. Yeah. Um, but it's a, just a gentle squeezing process, very little tumbling, so we don't extract any of the phenolics, tear any skins, or break any seeds. We really just want to get as much of that juice out as gently as possible. It's a beautiful wine, uh, Ian. Is it easy to sell? Because yeah, it's, diff- it's so. different yeah, it than, is. than it most is. other Pinot Gris here. Uh, in our format, it actually sells really well um, because of the experience that we have. A lot of it's educational. Yeah. So you know, when you're spending a lot of time with a brand ambassador who's explaining the winery, the region... Olivier, why we're working with him, what we're doing, the vision, the style, everything. It makes it quite a bit easier to sell than I would have expected coming into it. Mm-hmm. Originally, when I came into it, I was like, oh, this is a, you know, Alsatian is a, quite a departure from what uh, consumers in the Okanagan are used to with a Pinot Gris, especially Pinot Gris, because it's a very big varietal here. Yeah. Um, but it's been surprisingly good. It's uh, definitely one of our top sellers for sure is the Pinot Gris. It's a pretty sensational wine. I know that people are surprised when they have it. But for, for me, for people who taste a lot of wine, I'm so excited about the style of this wine because it tells another story. It's another level of Pinot Gris uh, uh, that we can have in BC. And especially. And this, it, it doesn't even come from the new vineyard, I, which I think will be even more magical when it comes out of the Similkameen. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I'm so shocked that he picked, not that he picked it, that he went there and said, okay, this is the place. He yeah. saw the soil. I mean, that, that yeah. rocky soil, the shale. Yeah. I mean, it, it just looks like a spectacular spot to grow grapes. Yeah, really good. Uh, we got to get to the rosé. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about the rosé, Mark. So this is actually going to be my my first wine to be released here with our team. Um, it's very exciting to have that coming out. Uh, it takes a while when you're a new winemaker and a new winery. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, our varieties that we work with here are primarily big reds. So mm-hmm. that's really the core. It's not made from Pinot Noir. It's made from mostly Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, Cabernet Franc, Merlot. And uh, we went for the traditional style. This is not a saunier or a bleed off of juice from a primary, you know, big red fermentation. Uh, this was stuff that was picked at Lower Bricks, brought in direct press and uh, retain the juice, clarify it, and ferment it in Fudra, uh, partially. Um, mm-hmm. And the other half was in stainless steel. So we get a good mix of the Fudra to give us some texture and some yep. body, a little bit of weight. And then the steel gives us our crispness and brings that purity of fruit through. Yeah. 
what about the color? You care? You don't care? Do you fight with Ian about what the color should be? <laughs> what, what are people telling you? Like it's interesting. Yeah, huh? I mean, you don't have a whole lot of control over it, especially when you're dealing with varieties that have this much intensity of color. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to end up with darker color, but really keeping in the realm of more, you know, this dark salmon color is kind of what we're targeting. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to get orange or too brown. Um, obviously, that'd be a sign that we're getting too oxidative, but uh, we're trying to retain the freshness. So the color yeah. really is key to identifying that. Yeah, it's a, uh, it seems to be a big issue with people today. I don't know. Uh, it's just one of those things. But rosé is very popular, as we know, and much improved, which is kind of nice, too. There's no reason to make poor wine uh, just because it's a rosé or, or a lesser wine, I guess I should say. Yeah, I mean, it, color is important to some people, but as a winemaker, it's really what's in the glass. It's the flavors. It's the aromas. Yeah. Try not to get too trapped into that because we start tweaking it, and you're going to start messing with the wine. Is there a wine you guys talk about at night that you're not making that you'd like to make here? <laughs> yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We're pretty excited with some of the new plantings. It gives us some opportunity. Um, you know, the th- three of us, Amy, Ian, and I, have been talking a lot about what our future might be. And, uh, you know, we're looking at maybe a GSM in the future um, mm-hmm. off this property. Um, could be a lot of fun. And even Petite Syrah could do very well in this area that people just really aren't looking at. Petite Syrah. Okay. <laughs> you, you are really diving in, Mark. <laughs> I like that. You, you're, you, uh, I'd like to hear new ideas. Petite Syrah would be very interesting. Well, I think you could grow here well. That's what we're thinking. You know, Amy's really excited about trying to grow it here. Um, we worked with it a lot under the Treasury umbrella. Yeah. Uh, it's a great blending uh, variety as well as a standalone. So mm-hmm. we're looking for versatility. You know, we kind of need to have that built in because we don't know exactly where we're going and where we're going to be in a few years. Mm-hmm. So having some you know built-in flexibility is going to help us in the long run. Do you talk much about varietal wine versus maybe just a name from the vineyard, or do, do you care much about that, Mark? Or do you like you want people to know what that grape is? I mean, we we do both. You know, yeah. we're really looking at trying to focus in on the varieties that do well in specific places. So, mm-hmm. say from Cobo, we focus in on Merlot. And also Syrah here at Becker, Cabernet does well. Mm-hmm. So we focus in on that a bit as well. It just, and then, but blending gives us a lot of versatility. It's obviously been something used traditionally in great wine regions of the world. And yeah. finding those good blends that can kind of elevate a wine to the next level here is also something that we do with each vineyard. I think the five o'clock tastings of here be pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we have to take a quick break. Uh, Mark Berenger is the Director of Winemaking at Phantom Creek Estates. Ian Scrimetta will come back a little later on. Uh, he's the Estate Director. When we come back, we're going to talk to Chef Lessa. She can't wait to come on the air and talk about food. I just know how excited she is. <laughs> She's so very don't, excited. <laughs> don't miss that. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm Anthony Gismani, and you're listening to the BC Food & Wine Network. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Sun, water, soil. Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature. Liber Farms terroir-focused small lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club and receive delivery of award-winning wines and new releases in spring and fall, plus early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Visit them this spring to taste in their spacious covered wine garden in Asuias. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you can take your time to enjoy our beautiful weather and perfect patio season. Visit almost 100 area wineries, cideries and distilleries, eight craft breweries and world-class locally sourced restaurants too. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for information on wine tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. The flavors of the region come alive at 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Asuyas. Enjoy lakeside dining inside or outside on the patio. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to offer up top-notch, seasonal, and locally inspired menus to complement the unmatched views of beautiful Lake Asuyas. For an unforgettable dining experience, 15 Park Bistro is the lakeside place to be. Now open for breakfast Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8. To find out more, visit 15parkbistro.com. The legend lives on. Three Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone. 
But this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location at Phantom Creek Estates, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome back to the show. We're coming to you live today from Phantom Creek Estates on the Black Sage bench. Uh, there's uh, Just driving along the bench on the way here today, I was thinking about how many great wineries there are now along this bench. They used to talk about the Naramata bench being loaded, but as you come along from all over down south, there are many places to stop, uh, but I would recommend Phantom Creek. And now... Uh, when you stop at Phantom Creek, you can actually uh, go into the restaurant, too, which is kind of fun. Joining us is Chef Alessa Valdez. Uh, of course, Mark Berenger is back. Chef, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank Great you to have me. you. Uh, it's fun to uh, have the restaurant open. You must be excited to have people in there. Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah, we were um, we were off for a couple months, and I took that time to just uh, get inspired for this new menu and for like the following uh, upcoming menus for the mm-hmm. season. You like you're both artists. <laughs> you make wine. You make food. Do you feel is there some sort of connection between you in terms of the way that you go about your business, chef versus winemaker, or winemaker versus chef? Yeah, honestly, like I I just get uh, inspired by the seasons here. You know, like mm-hmm. for now, like it spring is coming and. Yep. You know, it's, it means like a lot of green veg, yep. and it's you coming off from like I love root vegetables, but like it's it's time. It's you know? time. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm seeing a lot of green, and that gets me so excited. So you uh, you haven't been here that long, but have you made connections now with a lot of growers? And how, how yeah. easy is that, or how hard is that to to get that going? So I was actually here last year. Um, so now. I have a lot of like close relationships with local farmers, mm-hmm. with um, Jerome from Medley Organics, um, Row 14, Clippers and Coston, yeah. um, What the Fungus in Summerland, um, Two Rivers, 63 Acres. Um, yeah. All the big names. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> what, what do you think about the quality of uh, the product that you get uh, here in the Okanagan and Oh, it's it's honestly it's coming from Toronto. I I always say this uh, to Amy. Um, it's I've tasted so many like beautiful vegetables out here. Probably the best corn, you know, corn coming from Chilliwack, peaches and cream. Yeah. I tasted the best tomatoes last year coming from the kitchen garden that Amy planted, and I was just like blown away. And the potatoes from the kitchen garden as well. It wow. was it was unreal. So, and is it important? Obviously, the property is organic, biodynamic, moving to that. So, will the food be that's a similar theme in the restaurant? Yes, it is. Yeah. We're, um, we're trying to use a lot of the ingredients from the kitchen garden this year. Yep. Um, Amy and I work closely together to pick out which seeds to plant and anticipate like which ingredients to use on the menu. Mm. And Mark, how, how do you use food? Like, it's important. Like, I always say the, the Italians have the best. You know, they got the restaurants around the world, and it really helped them sell their wines. How, how would you use food here at Phantom Creek Estate? Well, I think it's a, a key part of the whole process. I mean, it's wine is food. It's a beverage that we enjoy with food. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes I do a pairing. I said just pair with the glass, right? But uh, there's, you know, usually you want some sort of dish to go with it and mm-hmm. really trying to combine those flavors. When you find the right combination, it really brings everything to another level, both the food and the wine. Yeah. Uh, so if you go to the restaurant, Alyssa, what, what's available? How do you, is it a set menu or how, how does it work? Yeah, so we do a, um, a prefix menu. So it's three courses. You mm-hmm. can either choose an app or a dessert, um, and it's paired with wines. So you get your appetizer, your mains, and then your desserts. So the, the wine is already paired or? Yes. Okay. So I'm, we're, we're going to taste this uh, Kobo Vineyard Syrah. What would you pair that with? I would probably pair that with our duck dish. Um, so on this new spring menu, our duck dish has uh, puff red quinoa, some candy cane beets, sorrel, fava beans, five spice, and a hoisin jus. <laughs> Let's scrap this show right now. 
<laughs> that sounds fantastic. And I, I love duck. Duck is my favorite thing to cook. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it has so much flavor. Well, it's kind of like the wine. Mark, we talked a bit about Syrah. Pretty impressive, this Kobo. I, I had it earlier this year, and I thought, wow, like it's a head turner. Yeah, Syrah, is, I think it's really going to be a feature varietal for the South Okanagan as we move forward. And uh, we get very different expressions of it from our different sites. Um, this being Kobo is that more um, old world in a sense. It has that shading in the afternoon, keeps that retains a little more acidity yeah. just naturally. And it gets more of that restrained, almost spicy, peppery type quality yep. um, on that side. Whereas over here, we get more of a... More of a Rhone style where it gets really bright fruits and cherry and strawberry and all that stuff. So it's really neat to see how it expresses in the different sites. Yeah, I could see the acidity is is so is so perfect in this wine. Like we just cut through any fat from the duck, you know. Like it would be yeah. such a nice match. Delicious. Okay, we're going to first of all start with the wine this time, the Fannin Creek Cuvée. So explain a little bit about that, Mark, and then we'll come back and get and get a food suggestion from, from uh, Alyssa. Yeah, obviously, this is a wine that bears the name of the winery, um, mm-hmm. and that's where it really all started was with the Phantom Creek Vineyard down below us here at the foot of the entrance, and it's an iconic vineyard in the South Okanagan. Um, it was planted by Dick Cleave, and uh, he's planted about half the vineyard in this area, Yep. and uh, he knew what he was doing when he picked this site for himself, and it's become one of the most iconic wines in the area and also for our portfolio. These are our most sought-after wines, and and this is really our flagship. It's our best blend from the Phantom Creek Vineyard every vintage. And we have interesting stuff to work with there, and we do most of it very small lot. And a lot of the times it's so small we have to do it in barrels. It's barrel fermentation as a big piece of uh, our vinification process, and blending it all together is really uh, elevating it to the next level. The blend, could you tell us a bit about what the blend is, or is it a big secret? No, I mean, it varies from year to year, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we primarily work with, I mean, it has Cabernet there. Sometimes it focuses in on that when we mm-hmm. have a good ripeness. Yep. But the Cabernet Franc does very well, Malbec, um, and the Petit Verdot also does very well. Mm. You're not a Cabernet Franc fan, are you? Not pure. <laughs> We've had this conversation before. But I love your honesty about it because so many people are revved up about it. But I mean, I think it does great here. This is one area I really do think it's able to stand on its own. And I made some Cabernet Francs in my past that were definitely standalone wines. But yeah. I think it gets featured maybe a little more than it should at times. Right. Uh, Alessa, Chef Alessa Valdez has joined us. She's uh, here at the Phantom Creek Estate uh, Winery. So what would you do with this uh, iconic blend? I would probably pair it with a steak. Um, so on our dinner menu, we have a 63 acres uh, strip line, um, and it's probably it's served with uh, potato pave. So we cut the potatoes, slice really thin on the meat slicer, yeah. and then we just tossed it in a lot of duck fat steeped in herbs. Wow. <laughs> then, wow, then, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and then you just uh, cook it for an hour and a half in the oven. So you have all these like beautiful layers of like really thin slices of potato, and then you just give it a nice sear on the flat top so it's like like crispy. And then, um, yeah, it's just beautiful heirloom carrots, roasted charred uh, shallots with a uh, beef shoe. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you have to come to Phantom Creek to, to get that. <laughs> if I was cooking a steak at home, what, what what are the things that men do so poorly when they cook a steak? Or what, what should oh. we not do? Like, give us a tip. Well, I find that a lot of people actually don't temper their proteins when they cook it. Yeah. So by tempering your protein, you're basically getting it into room temperature so it cooks evenly. Um, and then I find that a lot of people don't rest their, their proteins right after. after. Yeah, or when they're grilling it, they're just like pressing it down and letting all the, the beautiful juices release. Come out, yeah. And that's, and you know, that's, an, that's a no-no yeah. for me. You have to like let the steak relax because the proteins are all tight. So it needs to, you know, just let it relax. Listen up, men. Uh, you know, we're often accused of, you know, burning men burning beef out in the backyard. I think you, you're totally right on that. That's a great tip for everybody. Uh, so nice to meet you. Uh, Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you came on to chat a bit about the food, and I really would really insist that people get a reservation and come here and spend the afternoon, taste some wine, and uh, have a bite to eat and discover all that uh, Phantom Creek has to offer. Thanks so much, uh, Chef. It was great to meet you. Thank you so much. Chef Alessa Valdez. Of course, Mark Berenger is going to stick around when we wrap up the final segment. Uh, more coming on the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we'll be right back. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. BC VQA Wine. A reflection of our land and the exceptional folks that craft every bottle. 
Save On Foods is proud to offer the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines all in one place, plus an extensive collection of BC's most popular ciders. And with their everyday customer discount program, you'll get 10% off any four bottles or select 12 bottles and save an additional $12. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Find your nearest store at saveonfoods.com. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Today Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax, with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. The legend lives on. Three-Finger Jack roamed the rugged, lawless gold country wilderness along the east ridge of Lodi in Old California, searching relentlessly for riches. The gold may be gone, but this wine, grown in the land where Jack rode, pays tribute to his outlaw nature. A bold Cabernet Sauvignon, truly worthy of that legendary name. Three-Finger Jack, outlaw by nature. Discover the legend at a BC liquor store near you or visit threefingerjack.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. On location at Phantom Creek Estates, here's Anthony Gismondi. We're back, and thanks for listening wherever you are across British Columbia on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, we're back out visiting British Columbia wine country this week, and in fact, we're on location at Phantom Creek Estates. Uh, Mark Berenger is the director of winemaking. He joins us, and Ian Scrimmate is the estate director here. Uh, gentlemen, uh, it's fun to be back. I, I want to actually start with the BC Liquor Store because you actually sell wine there, so I want our listeners to know what they can find in British Columbia liquor stores across the province from Phantom Creek. Yeah, for sure. We have our uh, Pinot Gris. Um, yeah. We have our uh, Estate Petit Cuvée. We have our uh, Kobo Vineyard Syrah, which you tried today. Yeah. And um, a few other select SKUs as well that they get. But you can find the Pinot Gris and the uh, Estate Petit Cuvée in pretty much every uh, BC liquor store. Wow. And Estate Petit Cuvée, could you give us a little background on that, Mark? Yeah, as we talked earlier about uh, making blends mm-hmm. and trying to elevate things, you know, we do make a specific blend from each single vineyard. Right. But then after that, our next tier down would be our estate tier. Right. Uh, these are the wines that are more available out there in the open market. And uh, the Petit Cuvée would be the kind of the pinnacle of that portfolio. So this is our last blend, and we can blend from all of the vineyards. So it has yeah. a little bit of Kobo, Becker, all blended together. And Cab and, and, and yep. Syrah and all, all the pe- parts yep. and pieces. Yeah, we've got quite a varietal mix available. Not necessarily a traditional Bordeaux blend because we do have Syrah. Right. And uh, play around with some other things. So, yeah, it's a very interesting, it's a nice approachable, user-friendly yeah. blend. And, and changes every year, I'd imagine, yes. The, the, yes. what goes in it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, it's important to have that wine available for people who can't who can't get up here now to get the wines from here. What is the best way? And is it is it to join the club? Come here. How, how would you? Oh, it depends what wines you're after. If you're after our uh, you know biggest and best stuff, uh, yep. it's available exclusively to the wine club, of course. So right. you would need to be in the club to take advantage of that. A lot of uh, the benefits of the club are based around access to our best wines, mm-hmm. as well as. Uh, access to areas at the winery that the public isn't available to use. Okay. And then, uh, of course... Uh, we call those the Gizmondi areas. Yeah. Can we call them that? <laughs> we, yeah. can, we, we can name this room that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, 
yeah, you get a lot of different experiences and stuff like that to, yeah. to bring your friends, entertain the room we're in right now. Wine club members uh, get it complimentary once a year for birthdays they use it for and events they want to yeah. have as well. Super. And then, uh, um, well, when we drive by, one of the things everybody sees is this amphitheater out here. What, what goes on there, and what, what can you tell us what's going to happen there this summer? Yeah, so the thing that goes on permanently in it is uh, it's for our picnic experiences. So you can come in and uh, you know just buy a bottle of wine, get a picnic basket with some charcuterie in it, mm-hmm. uh, which you can pre-book online and select what you want, and then hang out and picnic in there. And then uh, starting May long weekend here, we uh, have a music series every uh, Friday until basically the end of September, where we have live music down there and people enjoying a tasting or a picnic can uh, you know hang around and yeah. enjoy that that's kind of late afternoon or yeah like it starts around uh, yeah something? correct yeah it starts at yeah. three o'clock and goes usually to about 6 p.m okay that sounds like a nice way to have a glass of wine watch the sun go down over the mountain yeah i think it'll be good for the late afternoon crowd that wants to come in and uh you know spend a bit more time and unwind a bit rather than uh yeah it's a good teaching experience so you watch the sun go down over kobo and then you see the shadow come down uh, on the grapes over there and you know why they're different than uh, on this side absolutely something like that okay and you have a big event or you have a signature event let's talk a bit about that yeah so we have the soiree on rouge so this is uh it's going to be an annual event this is our first one that we're having yep it'll be on uh july 9th uh, big event, you know, we'll have live music in the amphitheater, food and wine pairing stations all throughout the entire facility. So, uh, kind of uses our entire area. So the mm-hmm. hospitality building, the concourse, the restaurant as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be a really great event. We have a shuttle service. It's yeah. Be fantastic. And you're building on, you're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the vineyard itself, which yeah, is pretty impressive. A Phantom Creek vineyard. That's correct. It yeah. was planted, uh, 25 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you have to dress in. Red. red. <laughs> Dress Mark, red. Do you have your red suit ready to go? Yeah, your red pants? Or? I think I have my uh, my uniform left over from the last time I was in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So soiree en rouge, and, and how can people get tickets for that? Is that online? Or yeah, they're in ver- they're available online on our website. If you just go to the uh, you know the visit section, then under events, you'll find soiree en rouge. Uh, yeah. Limited available. So get them while you can. Yep. Um, but yeah, it'll be a really great event. We're really excited about it. Well, we're almost at a time, Mark. Uh, maybe just a quick bit on it's twenty twenty two. What's how how is it starting out? What, how do you see this season now that we're here? Well, it's really difficult to measure a season on a day or a week, but uh, so far so good. I mean, we've yeah. gotten some good moisture this season. Um, I think we've got good water retention out there, and uh, we you know we're we're gonna hope for the best you know we don't know what normal is anymore and, yeah uh, we just yeah. have to see how each season goes and adapt to them so um that's what we're here for is to really measure that season up and then adjust the canopies and do everything we can to get the best performance yeah you're pretty calm about that how many harvests <laughs> have you done now uh this will be my 38th 38th wow that's <laughs> impressive so you've probably seen everything uh i don't know i get surprised all the time it yeah. seems when we met you told me a story like you grew up at the Beringer estate you worked in the in, in, in the behind the bar or something you were doing were dealing with bottles or yeah when i was in high school in the uh mid 80s i uh, actually took a job as a stock clerk at the rhine house <laughs> and i uh, used to pack people's cases out to the cars and you know stock the shelves and things like that i just wanted to feel a part of the winery because we had sold it back in 1971 yeah and we still make them do it. Yeah, I still will carry your case out to your car if <laughs> yeah. you want. But, he's he's uh, good at that. Eh? you got to yeah, be able yeah. to do it all, right? Yeah. Uh, it, just fantastic to catch up with you, Mark. Welcome to British Columbia. I think uh, we're in for a real treat to, treat to watch uh, what you can do here at this winery and pull it all together and get everybody moving in one direction. It could be a lot of fun. Well, thank you. I'm excited and, to be here. And uh, maybe put a little uh, British Columbia on the world wine map. That's the hope. You know, they say rising tide raises all ships, so yeah. we want to really bring this region up to the acknowledgement that it deserves. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much. Mark Berenger, Director of Winemaking, Ian Scrameda, Estate Director here at Phantom Creek Estate. Folks, if you haven't uh, checked out this winery, this would be the summer to get here. Get yourself a reservation, uh, plan to spend an afternoon here and discover the wines of the Black Sage Bench and many other areas of British Columbia being made at Phantom Creek Estates. That's it for today's show. Our British Columbia wine uh, road trip continues in wine country. Next week, we take a short drive north over to District Wine Village on the north side of Oliver in the shadows of McIntyre Bluff. Until then, our special thanks to our hosts here at Phantom Creek Estates. And, folks, we'll talk to you next week on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. 
That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. 